You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Emery's book, 1001 Albums. It's here before you die. This episode, we'll be talking about the Triffids calendar. In the room, I have Anne. Hey. And Rob. Hi, friends. And on the line, I have Cow. Well, hi. Calendar is the fourth studio album by the Australian rock group, the Triffids. It was released November 1987 on Island Records. The producer is Gil Norton, and the genre is rock, folk rock. I'm going to read from the book Gareth Thompson. The son of religious parents, the young David McComb, won school prizes in English literature and divinity. And nowhere are these influences more evident than on his songs for the Triffids' fourth album. If ever a category for gospel indie needed to be established, then McComb set about it with fervor. His richly sorrowful voice bears the zeal of an outback preacher. Lyrically, his poetry fuels songs that burn with loss and longing. On the dazzling opener, Bury Me Deep in Love, Macomb depicts a chapel deep in a valley under the shadow of a precipice. The song laments the death of a mountain climber who plunges to his icy mountain crib, while an orchestra cajoles joy and sorrow accordingly. The band recorded Calenture in England over the spring and summer of 1987, and as he traveled between Perth and London, Macomb's homesickness bore fruit with the album's slow-burning beauty, Hometown Farewell Kiss. The move also prompted the album's title, a reference to the delirium suffered by sailors after long periods away from land. Despite wide acclaim for Calenter and continued popularity on tour, the Triffids became disheartened with a relatively lack of success. Their final studio album, The Black Swan, was a patchy affair, and the band split around 1990. McComb underwent major heart surgery and followed a brief solo career before dying in 1999 after a car accident. The devout and harmonious Calenter remains a most magnificent epitaph. All right, what do we think of the Triffids? Calendar. God damn masterpiece. This record is a masterpiece. This <laughs> is a flawless record. This was rough for me. Yeah. I tried really hard. Yeah, no, I love I love to hear it. I just can't. I can't get there. So schmaltzy. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, no. Melodramatic. <laughs> and a little Australian melodramatic. But like for you. earnest at the same time. It just feels yeah. like it's pop sensibilities are very dated and I just can't, I can't get into it. And I like crooners. I was trying to understand why I like other crooners and I cannot like this crooning. It sounds thin to me. Like I just, you were talking, the summary said, was talking about like being homesick for Australia. And that's kind of how this is framed. And like, I was like, when I was listening very carefully to try to figure out what I 
how, why I can't quite get into this, that hometown farewell kiss song is real fucked up. Like it's about <laughs> an entire town burning down. Yes. <laughs> like he's talking about the destruction of his home. Yes. Um, which is actually even more resonant now with all like the fires that destroyed a lot of Australia. Right. I just read a book mm-hmm. about that, but it's like, Perth was the, okay. Huh? Perth was okay though. I mean, Don't okay. <laughs> if in case you're worried, Perth did not burn down. No, I'm not worried. Okay. I know. Cause tr- <laughs> well, sorry. yeah, <laughs> it's just so, it sounds so cutesy and sweetsy and like music for children. And so the, the like, the tension between that and the lyrical content was like, that was an interesting thing to me, but I just didn't like the way it sounded. I don't know. Please convince me. I kept reading over and over many people's problems with this, as opposed to earlier Triffids records. And I went back and I was like, let me dip into early Triffids records. They sound more folksy. They have a bit more of that singer songwriter element going throughout it and many many people say this is overproduced this, this is, record in particular yes yes it is they say they came to the studio they they wanted a sound and i think they what happens is the production just didn't quite get it right they were going for a peter gabriel kind of sound right mm-hmm. or echo and the bunnyman who that's yeah. why they use the you know, well, I tried because I found the Bunnymen. They like toured with them, and mm-hmm. I love since we like, especially since we started listening, like since it was in the pot, the book. Like yeah. I've been listening to it nonstop, and that's very croony. So yeah. I don't know if it's just that this is all like major chord stuff, and I can't get with. It's just like it's so cheery sounding. Well, Gil Norton, uh, the guy who produced this record, also produced one of their older records too. Mm-hmm. Kyle, you'd be better on knowing uh, which one that is, though. Yeah, Gil Norton did uh, Born Sandy Devotional. Okay. Yeah. Which I, I consider their masterpiece. I'll have to try. Like, I'll listen to that if that's the other one. If that's the one that. Yeah. I just. Yeah, my my, my thought, like, I, I guess I'm, I'm kind of with you guys on, on this one. Like, I, 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 I just think this sounds like a, it was the entire record was written by a sentient uh, button-down flannel shirt <laughs> like, like tucked into a pair of khakis i mean i kept writing notes and they were just burns right yeah yeah, yeah like, <laughs> like it, it just like, it, it just it, like a, a pair of pleated khakis yeah because i actively avoid like I, I usually try not to come on if i can't like really try at least understand why something yeah like it, should be approachable for it, me it, but it's not as if i it, this is it, i don't find this early offensive any way shape or form in fact i enjoy quite a bit of it but yeah it's it's soft man it's a. It's very soft. It, it doesn't have. It, it it has no edges. It is a. It is a sphere. Yeah, people kept making the Nick Cave reference, and I thought, I well, the get. bassist is from yeah. Nick Cave, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, bad and there's season, crooning. Yeah. yeah. But I get it. I think it just has a disservice of the production of the the way the songs are presented. Mm-hmm. It's it's like the arrangements, the how they come across. It, it seemed to go in this pop sensibility way, whereas I think they they would have been benefited by sticking to the sort of full element of it, right? I mean, totally. Since this didn't, this wasn't a breakout for them, you know. Like, but they, I think they wanted it to be. Yeah, but it wouldn't have been with the folk aspect either. Is well, what they I, what wanted I, what, it to be a breakout yeah, for them. Yeah, is what right. I'm saying. So, like, had they just done their thing, assuming that was what they wanted to do then we would at least have an artifact that was like more in line with, you know, what they were. Uh... Kyle, pour some sugar on this. Tell us 
why you like so this. i mean it, it's tough for me because i don't know i don't know how i would react to having never heard the triffids and i got into them uh in the mid 90s okay. i i found their um peel sessions tape hell yeah 50 cents because rob you remember our, our we had a couple of buddies working at the music store in the mall mm-hmm. <laughs> and and after i picked up that tape i mean this was you know the 90s so you couldn't just go on to youtube and listen to the rest of their stuff like my high school girlfriend was trying to get me their records and she had to go to record stores in like florida and ask for a catalog and you know but That's anyway i ended up getting their <laughs> Well, I ended up getting their best of, which is called Australian Melodrama, which should be a tip off. But, um, <laughs> you know, after that, I got Born Sandy Devotional, which I think is a masterpiece. Yeah, that one sounded good. I, I was listening to a bit of that and I thought it was it was more in line with that, what I, I I liked. I think that album's a masterpiece. Yeah. So you would have included that, that instead or do you feel like this uh, deserves? I definitely would have. Yeah. Okay. Instead? Well, what's, yeah, of course. What's okay. interesting was because of the inclusion in this book, I listened to this like differently, you know, in the summer of 1999, Rob Ross and I lived in a house with the other sump pumps and um, some touring bands would, would come and stay with us. One was a band called 99 from uh, Melbourne, Australia, mm-hmm. um, fronted, fronted by, by mm-hmm. Laura McFarlane. That's the one. Um, the drummer from, from Sleater Kenny. Back in 96. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, because I was just a kid. I was like 1920. I was like, oh, hey, you're from Australia. Do you like the Triffids? You know, and she's like, yeah, I really do. Blah, blah, blah. And uh, she gave me a haircut. And then when they came around, they stayed at our house a second time. And she brought me this record. Whoa. She gifted it to me. She's like, oh, I picked this up. That's really we're that's out. so sweet. Oh, here's, my God. Here's Callinger. And she was <laughs> the one that was like, yeah, it's really overproduced. Okay. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm glad it's. It's so a true, a true Australian. <laughs> yeah, and I, but then I was stuck in my, you know, I didn't listen, I didn't go back and listen to this one very much. But uh, over the past week, I've I've listened to this record several times, and I, I kind of have a new appreciation for it. Well, the rim of the mouth was golden. Her eyes were just desert. But that's not. Like a lot of these songs I've listened to because of that best of. I mean, looking at this, Bury Me Deep in Love, Trick of the Light, Hometown Farewell Kiss, Unmade Love, Jared to Cut Up Man, Save What You Can. These were all, you know, songs I was familiar with. But um, yeah, I got over the production. I, I got really into this record. Um, but I can, you know, if I wasn't like a sensitive little emotional teenager getting like little tapes you know i i don't know if i would still love this band the way that i do yeah listening to we're hometown farewell kiss right now and it sounds like what you would imagine you know a springsteen song i was gonna say this sounds like a middling springsteen song yeah yeah <laughs> i guess i could see that and, <laughs> and i think the i think why i'm so conflicted is because i feel like he is good He's really good. He's real damn good. His yeah. lyrics are great. And I think the band is good. I just, it's something about how these songs are 
are just developed and I just don't find it as appealing. It's it's hard. It's like hard for me to get over. I think if I was inundated with this, not to say you that's why you like it, Kyle, but I'm, I'm saying if I could listen to this over and over and over and kind of get past it. So I almost didn't hear the polish and the overproduction. I feel like I could get there. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I would be into this album if if but it's on first listen, I, I waver with the songs. One song. I'll yeah, be like, I, I get it 100 percent. Great. Next song, I'll be like, what are they? No, I don't like this. So what it, did you think about Unmade Love? That was the one I liked. Yeah, I love the it's the, the, the Cynthia organ thing. It reminded me a little bit of Murder City Devils and like, yeah, it cool. felt like yeah. a rock song. Like I just that one was good. I feel Everything like that was a little dark and dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, it's got it's got like a sinister vibe to it. Whereas like the other ones, even if they have sinister lyrics or they deal with subjects that are difficult, like there's one later that's all that Vagabond whole song has some dark lyrics, right? But yeah, the that's sound of them, the only time I feel like the sound matches that is an unmade love. Yeah. So that's I think Jared Cut Up Man's a good one too. I like that because it's like yeah. the pogues, yeah. Yeah. But it does the production's a little weird. And that song's about like dead bodies being discovered in the like, bogs of Melbourne or something. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, I feel like someone could cover this entire album and do it. Like, I would like it better somehow. But I feel bad for yeah, saying check that. Check out because... their live stuff. Like... Yeah, that's true. I bet the live version of these songs would probably be preferable. Although, I hope so. Yeah. Well, that's when I was on my fifth listen. When I was really trying to like, I was yeah. like what is Aww. it? It's going on. <laughs> I try hard, you know. Yeah, I appreciate um, that. It was almost like I was like, I bet this would be like a really good band to see at a bar. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like, because it wouldn't sound shiny like this, right? Yeah. But however they're trying to translate it didn't work for me. Rob, you remember my old nemesis, uh, Ben Traub, right? Oh, yeah. Just there was the um, one point where we were both kind of low and we were hanging out and we were swapping like break up sad records and that's how i got into uh pixie's bossa nova huh. and i tried to give him some triffids and he was like i can't stand this production it's <laughs> 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 all right fair oh. thanks but no thanks <laughs> yeah ben and daniel are still doing rooms i know yeah that's cool it's still a rad band oh there we go i know it's that unmade love right there yeah. unmade love let me sleep a little longer. They just, <laughs> yeah, they needed someone like Nick Cave just to come to the studio and be yeah. like, get all this shiny crap out of here. What are you guys doing? Uh, I thought it was very funny too to see that. Yeah, uh, there was a connection to the bad seeds and mm-hmm. with like, the bassist. Yeah. And yeah. then later with his solo. Um, Martin Casey. Uh, with his solo mm-hmm. stuff, I think. I don't know if it's Warren. I don't think it's Warren Ellis, but it was like some people from the Bad Seeds, and I was like, "Does everybody just like in Australia know each other?" Well, there's just not a lot of <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's just a small population for how big it is yeah. of a continent, right? That John Peel tape that I mentioned that I got from the mall for fifty cents. I was driving around with my family when I was a teenager one time, and I put that tape in. And there's a song called Chicken Killer. And my mom ejected the tape and said, this song is making me fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so if you ever get around to checking out their song, Chicken Killer, imagine my mom going fucking nuts, dropping an F-bomb when she never does. 
that's beautiful. Uh, I mean, that might be part of why I like the Triffids because they made my mom mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or tell yeah, that could that could put a shine on it. I also have to. I just have to point this out. Twenty sixth of December, nineteen eighty six to. Uh, 26th of January, 1987, the Triffids were on the bill of the Australian Made Tour, which was the largest touring festival of Australian music talent attempted at that point. Jimmy Barnes and In Excess headline, mm-hmm. and the rest of the lineup featured uh, the Divinal, ACDC, uh, <laughs> no. Mental as Anything, no, not ACDC, uh, Models, The Saints, and I'm Talking. I am still upset that NXS kick is not in this book. Are That's you shocking? Kidding me? Dude, That's a fucking travesty. I've got. I mean, yeah, kick's great. So many gripes, but you know, yeah, I. That, I we, just we need to talk about NXS, and we absolutely will talk about NXS outside of this with the patreon okay stuff. okay like, there's no fucking way but i yeah, just it's, it's crazy it's I, fucking insane I it's just, absolutely insane yeah all these bands like i mean i love the saints you know great uh, triffids cool but literally headlining this in excess they're huge they're like the band i just i can't get over it i can't wrap my head around why uh, why they're not here why they're not included I mean, fucking michael hutchinson man anyway like, just that voice. Come on, man. Good God. <laughs> Beautiful girl. I just think it's funny that we keep getting, like, we keep dancing around these things where it's, it's like, yeah, yeah, other Australian bands now in excess. No, <laughs> hey, the trip is deserved uh, to be in here. I will say I that in excess de- sort of demanded or they wanted them to be on that tour. They specifically asked for the Triffids. So. That's awesome. The Triffids are really good. They are. I think this they're very their good best band. record. I know, but um, I will say this book made me listen to it uh, for the first time in a long time, and I appreciate it more, perhaps because I'm horrifyingly old, you know, now <laughs> versus the last time that I listened to it. Yeah. Uh, Matthew and Phillips described the album as, quote, far and away the most produced record the Triffids have ever done, <laughs> packed full of little electro- electronic surprises. Drum computers, synthesizers, samplers, and a gadget that goes whoop. Is that a little surprise? Laura McFarland, she said it. <laughs> Here we go. Open for you. Now we're listening to this, and this song is just no. Oh, that is the whoop. 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 <laughs> oh, my, my right ear is full of whoops. Uh, also, I have to gripe about um, real quickly about. Was it Keeley's Blues? Mm-hmm. Where he's oh like, Kelly's Blues. Kelly's. Oh, Kelly's Blues. He goes, Ugh. <laughs> After the first <laughs> intro line, no, he's like, No. Give me Come on, man. You think Michael Hutchins never went, Ugh. <laughs> Yeah, but it's this like, blues. I need you tonight. <laughs> it's his blues <laughs> intro, and then he's like, Ugh. And he makes this face. It's like a little snarl. Ugh. Do you have a picture yeah. from the recording studio? <laughs> I hate that face. <laughs> I hope I never see that face again. Face again. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to this, to be honest. <laughs> Just, I feel like this is a straw man. <laughs> no. no. It's a blues song that could be dangerous because of the lyrical content, and he hands it up like it's a 
a joke. Like an Australian of, melodrama? Yeah. Yeah. Melodramatic is great. But that to me that that encapsulates what I'm like struggling with here. Hmm. I think that's what endeared me to them when I was an emotional little child. You know? Yeah, I mean, and that's that that's super valid. Like, in, in your cool. drama classes. Yeah, when plays. I was taking drama class every year in high school. Working my way up, getting those parts of those plays. Take me down Roman stairs to your secret back door. Your lips for food, your skin for sheets. Your eyes for light and your blood for heat. Your two white arms for an overcoat. Lay me down now by your side. For I'm blinded by the hour. Take me down now. I encourage everybody to listen to Born Sandy Devotional. I think it's a much better record than this. This record's good. And I appreciate it more than I did. Yeah. Um, before the past couple weeks. But I still feel like I know I made the comment that this was like them including Be Here Now was the only Oasis record. Which I, I retract that statement. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but you gotta listen to Born Sandy. Also, I don't understand why Ben said the cover of this record is so terrible. I don't understand that either. Look at their previous record. It's just like an archipelago. <laughs> That's all it is. Archipelago? You heard archipelago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think this is a fine cover. It's it, fine. It, it fits with what they're trying to do, which Absolutely. is be poppy, right? Yeah. I don't. It looks like a spiritual revelation in isolation. Let's call up Ben right now. <laughs> wake up his baby yeah, wake up wake up wake up henry um, i feel like an angry i need baby to speak right to your now. father <laughs> baby baby tell your dad i'm mad at him <laughs> i did really like learning about the sort of uh isolation that is you know throughout the album the sort the the way that perth is sort of separated from the rest of australia and how they you know a lot of the lyrics deal with those those sort of feelings of isolation. Well, and so Kalancher, the word means a fever suffered by sailors on long, hot voyages. Yeah. So that fits too. Right. And that's yeah. something I didn't know until I listened to this album and I love getting a new word. So that's great. Um, it's a great word. I think it fits with all the lyrical content for sure. Like that longing. I was also reading that in their earlier days, they kept like if you live in Perth, you have to drive all the way across the continent to get to yeah um, three thousand miles Sydney and the places where you play shows. Yeah. So it was just like a bajillion miles that they had traveled, like trying like to Mad be Max. a band. That's part of why they were like, "Well, we can move to London because we did this right." Yeah, yeah, Europe's just a little bit farther. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. <laughs> so. flying to Europe from Australia is just slightly farther than driving across <laughs> Australia. And you guys probably also saw, like, on this record, this is where they tried to, uh, basically the record label just wanted to make a record with David McComb instead of, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 they got the, the rough and tumble band instead of this wonderful singer-songwriter that they wanted. Yeah. It's a, they're a package, though. The Triffids are great. It's a great band. Yeah, we're listening to a Blinder by the Hour, which I thought was a really good song. I mean... I'm a big Nick Cave fan, and this gave me Nick Cave vibes. And the previous, you know, it, it was like 
every song would bring me back. It was like one song down, one song up, one song down. I can see that. Yeah. It just it is, it is so strange. Well, it's that tension where you're like, I see things in this that I like. Why do I see so many things in this that yeah, I yeah yeah don't or why can't there be more of what I? But you know that's what art is like. It's not my record; it's their record, right? Sure. So. Yeah, and is it really the one that wanted to make? You know, I don't know. Yeah, it hard seems to like tell. they were beefing with the label from the beginning. Yeah, and they, and they hated the entire process of flying up to London, doing the thing, going back home, flying back to London, doing the thing. Like, yeah, yeah, it sounded miserable. Yeah, so, sounds like they were fighting a bit too, because on, I, I believe it was, it was like Trick of the Light. They wanted to do some sort of like Jamaican rhythm, and they said no. We're not doing that. Like, no, you should listen to the record after this if you want to hear some <laughs> tension. <laughs> okay. Seriously. Uh, so how we feel? I'll just I'll say neutral. I want to like it. I think that is. Is that what neutral means? Uh neutral can mean a lot of things. It can mean yeah. I'll revisit it. It can mean if someone asked if I should listen to it, I wouldn't say no, but I wouldn't say yes. Uh, so I feel like I would revisit it, it, especially a couple songs, but I don't, I don't know if we'll ever get into a, a, a karaoke sing along with you, Kyle ever, but I would like that. Oh my God. I can sing so many of these songs. I know you can. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, born Sandy. Um, when I first got a bass guitar, one of the first songs I ever learned was off of born Sandy and also Rob. Uh, the first high school Sump Pumps album, we almost did a Triffids cover. My God. Aww. I was only taking pictures of the Sump Pumps at that I know. <laughs> I'd say, like, I do recommend this record, but yeah, I would definitely recommend that you listen to Born Sandy. because. Mm-hmm. So are you positive I, I, then I, with that? Yes. But I will say Born Sandy is literally one of my favorite records, like, of all time. Wow. Uh, I'm going to go neutral. I wouldn't recommend this record. Hmm. God damn it. Um, <laughs> but I might recommend Bored and Sandy, bud. Like, I hate that this is the only Triffords record that we're getting in the book. And it's the one that, like, is has all the schmaltz all over it. So, you know. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, I'm neutral negative. Okay. I tried really hard. Um, I don't know if I will try anymore after this. <laughs> Yeah. I think five or six listens is all I got in me for this. But I like some of the tracks, so I don't know. I guess neutral. I'm going to go get a Triffids tattoo tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> to prove us all wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Next time we'll be talking about Michael Jackson. Bad. Uh-oh. Right. Thanks, y'all.